Welcome to episode 44 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how you doing? I'm alright. It's an okay-ish day today. Excellent. Nothing too terrible. You... I thought it was going to be warmer, but I'll take above zero. Yeah, uh, that's a victory here, considering it's been pretty freezing. But Says the guy who works indoors. What about it? <laughs> Just say you can you can just say i ain't saying but (laughs) okay so (laughs) apparently um there's a new set coming out soon i totally actually didn't notice for a long time (laughs) and we're going to talk about it today so rivals of ixalan um the full spoilers out so we're going to do our air quotes set review on on the the new set yeah, they blitzed through the preview season for this. Yeah. Due to the holidays, you know, cutting everything short because I'm pretty sure Watsi's actually, um, like they don't they're not open for like two weeks. Like, I know they're they're off completely the week between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. So they just yeah, so. ran through all this stuff, which. I'm not going to lie, I kind of prefer it because then there's not like the waiting period of seeing what everything is. But there... It's like two cards, next day, two cards, yeah. next day, two cards, and it's like, oh, okay, and instead of this is like, here's a fifth of the set. It's also a lot harder to like get the hype going, though, so... Yeah. Yeah, there's pros and You can't and ramp into it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so... Rivals of Ixalan. Rivals of Ixalan is also very... is, is a very, um, uh... It's a, a marker set. This is the last small set we will supposedly ever get. Yeah, we're going so, purely to large sets. Purely to large sets. So we 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 are waving goodbye to small sets, waving goodbye to draft formats that run multiple sets, and yeah, this is this is it, guys. So, Rivals of Ixalan, you're you're the last of your kind. We're... You. You you are a dinosaur to some degree. You will be extinct. <laughs> We're waving goodbye to competitive draft formats that feature more. Yes, Cha- that's true. Chaos drafts will forever and always be a thing because they're absolutely glorious. They are amazing and wonderful and the best draft formats ever. Yeah. Fun fact, LSV like thinks very similar, actually. So... <laughs> we didn't have a banter topic. Now we do. Um, so I think the reason chaos drafts are so cool is I think I'm one of those people who really, really likes uh, core set drafts. Mm-hmm. I like I like just straight up draft formats. Kind of I don't want to say basic magic, but basic magic. You draft a pile of good cards and you play them, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I like. I know I'm probably not in the majority there. And I think chaos drafts kind of function like that with a little more insanity. Yeah, there's like like you just want to pick up good cards. Like there's a lot of times where you're like two for two, two for two, sweet, slam it through the table. <laughs> yeah, chaos chaos draft is actually, like you know like I said like LSV actually had a very similar thing. He actually said like almost the exact same thing of like you know chaos draft is like you know pure nuts and bolts magic. You know you yep. You take cards on their individual power level, and like the basic mechanics of the set are usually irrelevant. Yep, 
yeah, the, the mechanics of the set, you take it, you take the best card for your deck, you know, and a lot of times that is the best card, but a lot of times you're looking at a pack and you're like, gosh, this card's super cool and could have synergy, but I just need to take the like, you know, three mana, two, three or whatever and put it in my deck because I'm low on, you know, threes. <laughs> but so Rivals of Ixalan. <laughs> um so not a lot of new mechanics. Um, there's actually a lot of things that are familiar from Ixalan in this set, which we'll be getting to. Um, but so the new mechanic is Ascend slash City's Blessing. What are your What are your thoughts on this? I'm I'm on the fence as a whole about it. Right, like I feel like a lot of the stuff with. Uh, the city's blessing slash ascend mechanic like it's much more powerful in board stall situations which can allow you to mm -hmm. break out of board stalls but a lot of the time like it's probably not going to be that relevant because it doesn't look like the set as a whole is going to change much of how the current format works mm -hmm. that makes any sense it it looks like it's just kind of tuning up. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll get we'll get to there. So, um, yeah, I'm I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it too. I think it's one of those things that's like, we'll see how it plays. Yeah, like there's <laughs> a lot of people who are like, oh man, imagine like you know black white tokens and standard with all this stuff because tokens is the only deck that can reliably get ten permanents in play in a reasonable amount of time, and it's yeah. like, yeah, but they don't need it, right? Like, yeah, what's it like? What what's their payoff in a lot of ways? It's like, like there's a couple things that are okay, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, okay, whatever. Sure. Take what you can get, I guess, but... Mm-hmm. Sure, but... Okay. Uh, it's, well, it's cool in concept, but I, yeah. I almost get the feeling that they wanted to make sure it wasn't overpowered. I mean, that's a lot of times their worry. Yeah. But it's like, it almost seems like it's... It's so not pushed as to be unlikely to see play in, in like even standard, which is mm -hmm. weird because like normally they want you know some of their mechanics to at least seem standard playable. Yeah. Like um, like think of Enrage, right? Like in the yeah. uh, Ripjaw Raptor is definitely a standard playable card. That, that card's pushed. <laughs> but all right, why don't we just dive into cards, and I'm sure we'll. Hit a lot of some of well, nothing about ascend really. I don't think, but we'll see. Um, we'll hit a lot of this stuff. So, all right, let's start from the top of our list. John, what's your favorite effect? Uh, mine is kind of simple overall. Mine mm -hmm. is Enter the Unknown, which is one green for a sorcery. It says target creature you control explores, and you can play an additional land this turn. Um, that's that's the kind of card I would like too. <laughs> yeah, like the as a whole, like the green black explorer deck is not exceptionally good, but mm -hmm. this almost says you know one green draw card and being yeah. able to actually take advantage of the fact that you're drawing excess lands with explorer is very beneficial. So like mm -hmm. it's like it's common. I'm pretty sure it's common. But like that's uh, un uncommon. Well, either way, like it's it's a yeah. lower rarity card that is actually like a pseudo payoff, which is really nice, right? Like it's not a huge mm -hmm. draft around, 
And it's not something that's, you know, this this is not a card that's going to necessarily go in, like, the Dinosaur decks or the Merfolk decks, but, you know, like, it gives something for the Explore decks to do, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it's one of those cards that kind of just uses the mechanics of the set in a simple way, mm -hmm. in a simple yet clever way, and I like that. So, yeah. I mean, so... I love cards that are either simple or have piles and piles of text on them. So um, the card I chose went the opposite direction. So I actually chose Dead Man's Chest. Um, that's one in a black for an enchantment aura. Um, enchant creature in opponent controls. Uh, when enchanted creature dies, exile cards equal to its power from the top of its owner's library. You may cast non-land cards from among them for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast those spells. This so, I think when when this card was first spoiled, you like just showed it to me, and I read it and was like, oh okay, whatever. And then I saw it was one in a black. I'm like, oh, like this card could possibly actually be played, yeah. like not great probably, but it's like like this card could actually like you could put it, you could cast this and not feel totally embarrassed because I expected it to cost like five mana or something dumb like that. Well, that's usually what effects like this cost, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, the fact it costs two makes it work really well in regards to, like, actually playing removal with it. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you know, there's some, like, finickiness around it, because, like, it's a two-man enchantment that doesn't do anything. Yeah. But, but it... if you... Even if you, like, you know, you cast this on, like, their 3-3 three, three, and then kill it with uh, Vanquish the Week, like, you still effectively drew three cards, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Forever... I... For each non-land you exile. You yeah, re effectively, yeah. air quotes, we'll say. It's pretty close to drawing three cards. I mean, and yeah, it's, I mean, with four mana, you can do this and then walk the plank, too, and stuff. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's not unreasonable. And since it's, um, what is it, cards equal to power, I mean, that just, you know, there's a lot of low-cost dinosaurs with high, high power. Yeah. They have high power, low toughness. So, I mean, that's, you know... It's relevant. Like, I don't think this card's gonna warp the format or be insane or be good, possibly even. But it's just one of those cards that I look at. And I'm like, gosh, I really want this card to work, and the, I like the effect. I think it's really cool. Man, now I just want to go like my, you know, I'm on the play. My opponent goes like turn three, that four two dinosaur for three mana. Just like untap, yep. play third swamp, dead man's chest, walk the plank, and and just have them be like, oh, draw four. Draw four. <laughs> Yep, draw four, <laughs> play their dinosaurs at them. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this card, I don't know, the card's cool, I like it, but... Alright. So, favorite art. So, I'm going to get mine out of the way really quick here. Um, I actually kind of put two cards on here. Um, and I think when when we kind of had a quick chat, we kind of included a number more on, on this grouping of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I specifically put down Forsaken Sanctuary and Foul Orchard, which are the uh, white-black and black-green tap lands, respectively. Um, Goddamn, they look phenomenal. Um, and then you commented on the other ones how good they looked, too. Woodland Stream looks amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, and uh, Highland Lake and Storm Quarry look great also. Like, the, yeah, uh, like... They're just phenomenal looking. I mean, the art in this set is good, but like nothing, 
everything looked good to me, but nothing jumped out and said, you're awesome, if that makes sense. Except for these lands, I looked at them and I'm like, man, like, they're they're sweet. I don't know, I really, really like them. I'm really sad that that Forsaken Sanctuary is pirate-themed, so I can't play it in my taste at EDH deck. I mean, it, it does specifically mention the Grand Cathedral inside of the Galleon. Yeah, but the other Forsaken Sanctuary literally has a, like, a church on it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, so. As a whole, the the quotations mana producing lands from this set are actually just they're all really good in general right like that we yeah. we finally have like a second non-trash evolving wilds art i was gonna say evolving wilds was a close second to all those actually i looked at that i'm like that cards that one looks sweet. yeah i i still think i prefer my dragons ones the ones that i run but that's with the lava right yeah like i still prefer that, that but this one's still phenomenal really nice. yes like even, it is. even the basics are all good. Like that, I really like the swamp. I really like the island. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a splash of color in them, which is great. And I think we we talked about that with Ixalan too. How there was so much color in the set outside of the, um, you know, the blue cards had other colors. The black cards had other colors. The, you know, everything was so colorful. And the lands are even doing that in the set. The set's so colorful. I love it. I will say I disagree with you on your order of the tap lands. I like that's that's fair. I like Foul Orchard, but the Raptor corpse kind of ruins the picture for me a little bit. That sold it for me. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> like I do think Forsaken Sanctuary is hands down the best one, right? Like okay, I'm I'm surprised by that. I didn't think you'd say that. No, I I really like um like the color tones of it. Uh, the like the like sun coming through that like skeleton of a ship basically yeah. like uh, looks so good. I do like yep. Sanctuary, Woodland Stream, and Foul Orchard is actually probably higher than Highland Lake for me, but not by much. Yeah. Like Highland Lake is just like it's one of those like it's just a titch too red, right? Exactly, yeah. And the Stone Quarry is just relatively boring, but so is every white yeah. land ever. So actually, that's not true. The Stone Quarry, white red, white red. Sorry. <laughs> The, yep. the stone quarry from um, Amonkhet was really good. Oh, okay. It had um, lapis lazuli or throughout a mine, like a strip mine, which is okay. Really nice, so. cool. Like, I think I think our rankings of those are exactly the same, except for we have Fall Orchard and Lithid Stream swapped, yeah. which I accept. I and I can see that going either way. Mm-hmm. But. All right, what do you what do you got? Uh. I, I my, pri- my I have a primary and an honorary mention. Um, hey, do you want to? What do you want to do first? I uh, will do the prime. Uh, I really like Itali Primal Storm, which is the red elder dinosaur. It's just like Raymond Swanlin is really really good at a specific art style. Right. <laughs> Spiky things with their mouths open. Spiky things with their mouths open and probably lightning going on, right? But he's mm-hmm. freakishly good at it. And he just, yes. he, like, this is just, like, this lives up to its name. I like I love the, like, fog effect going on, like, at the bottom and, like, how the dinosaurs, like, coming out of it, like, in all the different ways. Like, this is a really, really good art. Yeah. Like, mad props to him for it, you know, the, the Spinosaurus thing is just sweet in general, even though I am annoyed that it killed the T-Rex in the Lost World. Sure. <laughs> just bad movies. 
Okay, I'll, I'll trust you. <laughs> um, otherwise, right. my my honorable mention for best art is the reprint Hunt the Week. Hmm. Because I don't know if we've ever before had like basically a snapshot image from inside the T-Rex mouth as that it's about to eat a goblin. But it's almost too perfect. <laughs> and like the flavor text also just kind of gets me. It's just like just like the the where the view is coming from, like the perception of the image. It just kind of I find it I find it funny. It's entertaining. Okay. And I love how like even the inside of the dinosaur's mouth is also colorful. Yeah, sure. everything is colorful in this set. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, like I, I I get what they're doing with it. I just I'm not. It's not for everyone. hundred percent. Right? I'm not hundred percent in on the execution of it. Yeah. That's all. Like I. It's to me, it's fine. It's not great, mm. but but I can see. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's good. It's probably the best hunt the week art I've ever seen. Yeah, probably. <laughs> not probably. Not the hardest thing to to get to, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, John. Which card do you want to just have in your pile every single time you draft? And every single one that you can possibly get. <laughs> Once again, like this is going to be really similar to my Exelon one. Um, I really like Norm Fleet Sprinter. <laughs> and it's what it represents, right? <laughs> Once again, because it represents... Okay. Yeah. It's uh, what it's a two. It's a three mana colorless blue red two two with haste that can't be blocked. <laughs> Which means that you get to turn on raid every turn. Mm-hmm. And like, as a whole, I'm not a fan of like unblockable creatures like on their face because there's a lot of people who have a massive like kill boner for them, right? Like. River Sneak and or sli- like Slither Blade and River Sneak, Slither Blades, yeah. all those things, right? And like they're not good cards. But the difference between yeah. those cards and this card is this one has two power, which is way more than one. If anyone's wondering, yes, <laughs> it's it's not just one more than one. That's a lot yeah. <laughs> different, actually. Like in in the mechanics of the game, yeah, and like. You know, a lot of people like this puts a lot more pressure pressure on people as a result of that, and the fact that it can, mm-hmm. it's it's another reliable way of triggering raid that doesn't force you to throw a creature away is just like extremely valuable in my opinion. Yeah, it is. And the art art's also kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, that's a cool card. I saw that. I saw that, and I am. Um, uh... I was like, oh, I wish this was a prowess creature, but <laughs> you wish, not without the. You wish every blue red creature was a prowess creature. I just want to make another damn prowess check deck, John. Yeah. But well, what you really want to do is make another heroic deck, but they're not going to reprint heroic anytime soon. Yeah, that's sad. I oh god, I loved that. That was fun. Prowess is your next best bet. Yep. Exactly. What do you got? Okay. What do you want to do? All right. So I actually have an honorable mention here, um, because. This card probably should be my pick, but certain things got in the way of that. So um, my honorable mention is the Revenous Chupacabra. Uh, two black black for a 2-2. Two, two. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target creature and opponent controls. I love me some Necrotal. 
Fletcher is a fan of the goat sucking. I would suck goats all day. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting but, that statement to come out of your mouth, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, also, what I would be doing is shriek mowing my opponent, but yeah. like, so that that card's way up there. Um, my actual pick, um, and as soon as if you're reading the spoiler and ran across this, you probably realize that this was the card I would want all day, every day. Don't care. I, I will be in white, red and draft this card anyways, and have a deck that is one of these and 39 islands. Um, <laughs> uh, River rides auger. Uh, it's three and a blue for a two, two that when it enters the battlefield, you draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. So brainstorm stapled to a creature. All I want to do every day, no matter what. Yo, dog! I heard you like brainstorm. I, I'm okay with brainstorm. It's a fine. It's it's okayish. And by okayish, I mean I just want to cast that card every day. <laughs> My favorite thing about this card actually is to take full advantage of this card. Like it <laughs> actually. Almost, like you almost want to like prioritize evolving wilds higher than you reasonably should. Yeah, as you kind of do. Which is just super interesting. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't think this card is like you know a slam amazing pick by any stretch of the imagination. Right? It probably isn't, but I'm gonna slam it every time and be happy. But like even here's the thing, right? A card that says you know two two for four, draw a card and set up the next your next two draw steps is still. Mm -hmm good because you're suddenly working with information ahead of time yeah. right like this this card would still be fine like it wouldn't be as good but it would still be an okay-ish card if it was three to blue two two when it enters look at the top three put one into your hand put the other two back on top of your library in any order yeah and this is like it would still be a decent card and this is just better because brainstorm because brainstorm yeah we need we need more brainstorm in our lives I, there's multiple people who would disagree with you on so many levels. Yeah, I know. There's multiple people that are wrong in this world. <laughs> <laughs> I love Brainstorm. Don't even care. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, John, mo well, I'll start off because I think I think you had some stuff to say when I mentioned this card. Uh, so, cards you expect or want to show up in an eternal format so i put down masterminds acquisition and so just just for um uh to clarify for people um and i i'll, I'll admit this is one that i'm more not sure of um but i'm i'm going out there um so two black black for a sorcery choose one search your library for a card put it in your hand then shuffle your library or choose a card you want from outside the game and put it into your hand. So my rationale is, uh, particularly in modern, there's like one or two wishes that are legal, I believe, right? Uh, technically two if you count pull from the blind eternities as a wish. Okay, no. So there's one. <laughs> what glittering wish is the only one that's legal? Yeah, pull is basically and a wish. Huh? Pull? Yeah. 
Uh, okay, sure, whatever. Like, but I mean, like, Glittering Wish has a huge restriction. Pull has a huge restriction. Sorry, Cokes, not pull. Oh, Cokes. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Cokes has a huge restriction. Glittering Wish has a huge restriction. Like this, you know, in Legacy, you have the entire cycle of wishes. Some are actually able to be played. Some are not. Um, <laughs> Three are actually playable. Yes. Um, but so this is the only like non-conditional wish in modern. And I think that will open some doors in a weird way. I don't know with what, I don't know if it actually will. I just think that there's, I think I just feel like something could happen with this card and four mana is right on the edge of being usable depending on the deck. And so, so I don't know, but I could see this card doing something. Like, I understand where you're coming from. Like, mm-hmm. wishes are almost universally broken in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because suddenly you're not just playing a 60-card deck, you're playing a 75-card deck. Yeah. And tutor effects in general are also really powerful because you're drastically mm-hmm. increasing the card quality in your hand. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. like, it is absolutely intentional that this card costs four mana, and two yes. of it has to be black. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it is. Like, like I mean, Diabolic Tutor is... Uh, or uh, Yeah, Diabolic Tutor is unplayable in modern. Yes. Completely. Like you just can't play it, and that's and this card, half of this card is Diabolic Tutor. Like, I I agree with that fact. A lot of those facts. Like, my big issue, like, if you really, really, really want to make a shit ton of mana, four mana is mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. Yeah, I will concede that point to you. The problem <laughs> is in modern. The only rituals that are available are all the red. Mm-hmm. Which means you can't produce like it makes it a lot harder to get the black necessary. It makes it you have to jump through some hoops. Yeah, like so. Th- my thing is, is, is that like I don't like this card isn't. You know, if I, I, I keep saying I'm like I don't know if it's going to do anything. Like if I if I thought this card was if, if there was a super easy target or there was a really easy way to cast this, I would have just said, this card will show up, and I know what deck it's going to be in. Mm-hmm. The the thing, the big thing I'm hedging on with this is that this is something modern doesn't have right now. That uh, And I think that is important. Like, it, I think it leaves a lot of potential just because, just because it's, it's modern is getting another tool that it never had ac- really had access to. Yeah, like I, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with it. It's just one of those mm-hmm. things, right? Where it's kind of like, I get it, but <laughs> like, you know, this is one of those. And, and I agree too. Like I'm yeah. saying, I'm saying, like it, 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 it's something new that modern doesn't have. So that's a really cool tool. Yeah, like, but this is. I mean, that's what I'm saying. This is one of those cards that is basically why they decided to create the play design team. Mm-hmm. To make sure that they're not going to suddenly break something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really like, cool because I'm also I'm pretty sure. No, wait, never mind. That's Fraska in the background, isn't it? Yeah. 
you can see you can barely okay. see your snake hair. Okay. This, this card also kind of leads in like this is continuing to go towards my theory that Boltless is actually building an army to fight the Frexians. Oh really? Yeah, because like we have obviously we haven't had the story for it yet, but I'm pretty sure um, everyone's implying that this thing is what is causes the Ixalan's binding, keeps things from being mm -hmm. able to planes shift out of the plane. Yep. And so I think. Like, it kind of goes towards my whole idea of, like, you know, it is actually the goal of Bolas to, like, use his the planar bridge to um, bring his immortal army to Frexia and then set up the Ixalan's binding on the plane that they're on to lock them on that plane so they can't leave. I think he hmm. wants to create a giant prison for them. Interesting. That's just my theory. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, but Just randomly throw so. that out there. Yeah, so there—that's my card. I kind of, I kind of—I'll admit, I kind of took one that was a little out there just for yeah discussion's it, sake. It is definitely super interesting, but yeah, if nothing else, it's interesting. Like, there's—I I think there's—I think some people who are far more creative than me could find some really strong potential with that card, mm -hmm. and I think it could show up. Otherwise, it. it like on the other end, it just as easily could be a giant brick. Yeah. So I probably should have saved this for, that card for another category, right? But. Oh well. <laughs> All, right. I... All right, John. What do you got? What what reasonable cards do you have? Mine. Are... <laughs> They're almost low hanging fruit, really. Yeah. <laughs> but. I I went with them anyways because like I'm honestly not sure if they're good enough, but they might be. Um, okay. I once again have two things in this category because all right, both, let's do it. They both go into the same thing. Um, the first one is Seafloor Oracle, mm -hmm. which is a four mana two blue. Or it's two colorless and two blue for a two three. And whenever a Merfolk creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. I wonder where this would be played. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, there's this Murpho that he's playing modern, or, or yeah. standard for that matter. But or, Yeah, I suppose standard too. But, like, there there are situations where, like, you there's certain situations in metagames where Master of Waves is not really what you, like, you know, it's not what you want in that situation, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, like, having another viable 4-drop... Like, I think I would rather have this against a control deck than I would want Master of Waves. It really Probably, it, actually. It really depends. Like, there's arguments for both, right? But, like, it has the potential of seeing play because it is card advantage. And that's, like... Yep. It's, it's hard for aggro decks to keep up on cards against decks that play board wipes and stuff like that. And this can help you mm -hmm. do that. And along the same lines, um, Kumena, Tyrant of Orazka, it's... Uh, three mana colorless blue green for a two four which means it passes the bolt test yep which is passes also the bolt test very super relevant yeah, very uncommon for that um i bet that was very intentional yeah. too uh, and he has tap another merfolk you control kumena tyrant of orazka uh is unblockable at the end of turn tap three untapped merfolks you control draw a card which is also super relevant. 
yep. and like you know can be situationally interesting. And the least likely to be good is tap five or untap merfolks you control. Um, put a plus one plus one counter on every merfolk you control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 like the quotations big payoff version. But like you know, just the ability to draw cards can be relevant. Oh yeah. So it's like this is just like you know he has potential to be really good. There's also talk of like maybe the the common or the uncommon. 2-2 Lord for a blue and a green that all Merfolk... I was going to ask you about that card if you think that gets played. A lot of people think it will, but I don't think it's good enough. As really? weird as that sounds. Merfolk Mistbinder, by the... Or Mistbinder, by the way. Yeah, like, <laughs> my problem with that Merfolk is, like, there's already access to 12 main deck lords. Actually, there's access to 16 main deck lords in Merfolk if they want it already. They have mm-hmm. Lord of Atlantis and Master of the Pearl Trident, which are the two big ones because they're two mana. But they give an yep. added bonus of the Island Walk. And then you have mm-hmm. Mero Regery, which also gives you know the Lord effect, but also has the ability of whenever you cast a Merfolk that you can tap or untap another permanent. Which... Yep is also extremely useful. And then mm-hmm. it, it never sees play, but they also already have the option of Merfolk Sovereign, which can tap to give another Merfolk unblockable until end of turn. Hmm. So, like, there's all these other Mer- Like, just giving plus one, plus one, I don't think is good enough, even though it's, you know, it can be two-mana lord number nine through twelve. Like yeah. the ability of the ability to, to you know have the added use of regery just is a lot more important in my opinion. But I could be wrong. I will. Yeah. I will. I, I will obviously concede that point. You know, maybe we just wind up having like these super super low to the ground merfolk decks that like never cast a spell that costs more than two mana. But yeah, I mean, and maybe maybe things branch out. You have one branch that plays a little bit more of the utility, and one that's just like we gone merfolk you. Yeah. Well, just a little bit more all in on one. Yeah. But, you know, that, yeah, that'll be interesting. See, I was wondering about that card because I'm like, oh, that one seems like it almost, almost a shoe in. But yeah, I it it will be interesting. You know, like I mean, if anything, it offers a budget option for people who want to build Merfolk, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the lords aren't super expensive, but some of them can be difficult to get your hands on. So. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Super interesting. All right. Yeah, it is. We'll have to see where that runs because I'm kind of curious about it. But all right, bomb or bust card. So these are the cards that will be either amazing or unplayable, but we can't really tell right now. So I have a couple. Uh, I'm going to start off with mine because I think this one's probably somewhat controversial, or you'll just be like, "Yeah," and then that'll be the end of it. Um, so I picked two because I'm like that. Uh, so my first one is Blood Sun. Um, two in a red enchantments when Blood Sun enters the battlefield, draw a card like that. Um, all lands lose all abilities except mana abilities. So I feel like this card, I feel like people just want this card to be Blood Moon and it's not. (laughs) <laughs> and they will think it was way better than it is because of that. But with all the crap running around in standard right now with the flip lands, 
I mean, that's not an irrelevant ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, but but like, it doesn't see play in modern, does it? Like, so you don't play it as you don't play it as Blood Moon um, five through eight, do you? I actually heard a really really scary idea about this card. Okay. This card might actually see sideboard play in Tron. Why? Because this card turns off your opponent's ghost quarters and tech edges and field of runes. But it doesn't stop your Tron pieces. That is relevant. Yes. (laughs) See, there we are. Like, that is... (laughs) potentially terrifying for some people yeah. to have to deal with. Uh-huh. Huh. Intriguing. Yeah, like, and it also, like, you know, the decks that play Ghost Quarters and Field of Runes and Tech Edges, they tend to be yeah. heavy Fetchland decks, and this hoses yeah. Fetchlands. Alright, that's relevant, too. This turns every Shockland into a legitimate dual land gosh we almost have legacy i know like there's a except the format still sucks (laughs) there's a lot of stuff about this card that changes a lot of things and it has potential to have a lot of (laughs) yeah and that's why this is that's why this is bomber bust yeah like the, the the big question here though is it is now you have to dick around and get three mana for that is it worth it like that's that's the big question there Mm mm-hmm like, because you don't want to be, like, yeah, it turns off, it, it um, uh, turns off, turns off fetches and makes shocklands free and things like that, but you still gotta get three mana to play it, like, and have it, you know, like that's 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 kind of real there, you know. But it does cantrip also, so uh, uh, that's cool, yeah. But I mean, ca- you still gotta, yeah, you gotta cast it though for three mana is the thing. Yeah, like, I, I get what you're saying. But, like, mm-hmm. three mana is still something that is doable in modern, right? You know? Oh, it is. I'm not I'm not arguing that. Like, Blood Moon's a card that is played in modern. Yeah, so it's, like... Significantly. It's just one of those, like, real interesting cards where you're kind of worried yeah. about it, right? Like... It, it, exactly, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be great or if it's just going to see, like, sideboard play in Tron and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's It's, like, how much is that dicking about to get this card in play worth it compared to playing a card that does things yeah like is it more is it more cute than it is functional or is it actually just that good yeah i i'm not gonna lie i kind of hope it's just relatively cute (laughs) yeah i really feel like uh i don't necessarily want to have to deal with (laughs) awkwardness involving this card like i think it's really cool i like the name the art's all right. Uh-huh. Like, like, I, it's like, there's and like you know there's all those people who their immediate thought process when they looked at it was like you know they started thinking about Blood Moon, and yep. because you know it's just immediately where your minds go. But like, there's potential more problematic ramifications for this card. Like, yeah, you know, Tron actually has a bad matchup against Scapeshift because Scapeshift can just be faster. This turns that mm-hmm. off. Yep. So it's just it's just really interesting, you know. It it is interesting, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's what as I said, this bomber bust. We'll see, man. Um. So my second one, 
this is a little more fun. Uh, my second one I chose is Form of the Dragon. <laughs> so you have to quantify this one for me real quick. Uh, it'll be mostly in like limited. Okay, that's that's fair. Yeah, like no, like yeah, no. This card's gonna be a vintage All Star, John. <laughs> but. but and I'm, yeah, I'm talking limited more here um, for this card. Like, in a lot of ways, this card is just the abyss. <laughs> yes. Like, it's just, like, destroy one of your opponent's creatures every turn. But, you know, as when we were talking about it earlier, you're taking damage each time. Yes. So... And it's not a may. Yeah. Like... There's significant drawbacks here, but you're also killing one of your opponent's creatures each turn. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's very relevant. Like, I think this is going to be one of those cards where, like, you don't want it, like, in the middle of a board stall, right? You want yeah. it when you've kind of had, like, a scrappy little back and forth and both you and your opponent don't have much in play. And you slam this on the table... And then they can never catch back up. Yeah, like, you slam this, you probably gain some life. Uh, yeah, and, that's the funny thing about it. And then you just start, you know, like, you just start, like, nuking their board, and then you just kind of have to keep playing your stuff out. And you just hope you don't yeah, die and, to it. Exactly. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, like, the card's cool. Obviously, it's a throwback to Form of the Dragon. Oh, yeah, definitely. But... It's I don't know I, I I could see this card just being like either the last card picked out of a pack or someone jumps up and windmill slams this through the table. I'm pretty sure like, this card will never like wheel if you ever draft at a local level. Yeah, it's probably not. Cool, right? Like people are gonna try. It's, it's, it, I mean, it, on the cool scale, this thing's just goddamn cool, isn't it? Yeah. Like. Uh, it, it really is. It's just a cool as shit. Like I don't think I don't think that's deniable. But uh, all right, John. Um, uh, enough about my cards since I took all the spotlight here. What's your um? Uh, what's your bomber bus card? Also, there's a funny theme between all of our bomber bus cards, but uh, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, apparently they're all red. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> so mine is rekindling phoenix. This card's cool as shit. This card is really, really cool. And, like, I've been wanting a good Phoenix in Standard ever since yeah. um, Chandra's Phoenix was a magic card. Yeah. Chandra's Phoenix was the last and possibly only good Phoenix. I think Shard Phoenix was good, but that was, like, millenniums ago. And, like, I yeah. legitimately think this might qualify... Because mm -hmm. it is, at worst, a force two-for-one. Like, it is a, sure. it's a 4-3 flyer for two colorless and two red. And mm -hmm. it says, whenever Rekindling Phoenix dies, create a 0-1 red elemental creature token with, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice this creature and return target card named Rekindling Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste until it returns. So that's awesome. <laughs> obviously, exiling this card is really powerful, and you yep. know. But like, if your opponent doesn't, Raska's contempt is a thing. <laughs> if your opponent doesn't have Raska's contempt for this card, you know they're forced to kill kill both it and the token. Otherwise, it is coming back. 
Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I mean, sure, it's only a four three. It can get brick walled and yada yada yada. But like, it's still really powerful. And I like, I've been like, you know, randomly thinking of stupid things as I am wont to do. Like, I'm a fan of big red decks, and it wouldn't mm-hmm. be impossible for you to, you know, like, get in for four in the air, cast Star of Extinction. And, like, you know, to clear the board state and then just yeah. get this back the next turn and just continue the beats, right? Like, yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of potential for this card yeah. in Constructed. And it's, like, it's basically the only card in the set that I'm like, man, I want four of this card immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like, a, like, a 4-3 flyer for four in red is a good rate, actually. Yes. Like, like that is already... Yeah, but- you don't get you don't get a lot of good front flyers in red unless they're giant dragons. Yeah. So like a medium sized flyer is actually a relevant thing because yeah. this gets cooking a little faster. Yeah. And like yeah, the the way it's brought back is one just flavorful as hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and two, um, is fairly resilient in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, the zero one can die super easily before that, but there's also like also they have as you said they have to like usually spend a card on that mm-hmm. and i mean this card is so. also like insane in the in the blocking territory right oh yeah like cuz you block on their turn and you immediately get it back on your turn like it is yeah. tech, it is an infinite chump blocker if they don't have trample yeah which is also it's, interesting it's good yes <laughs> but yeah i like that card that card's cool so i hope it I hope it's a bomb, not a bust. I do too. I, I I'm not I've been playing a lot of control lately and I wouldn't mind going back to big red. It'd be it'd be alright just smacking some people in the face and calling it a day, right? Yeah. Okay. So best reprint. I'll i I'll start this one off. Um I picked Sailor of Means. <laughs> Okay, that's that's half a joke. Um, <laughs> there's been there's a lot of cards from Ixalan that have been reprinted in this set, which is kind of weird, but fine. There's like four or five yeah, like, that they like were first printed in Ixalan that they just reprinted here. Yeah, I saw the the Legion Conquistador, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense, right? Because you know it's a squadron hawk effect, and you you and you know we're uh-huh. drafting two rivals in one Exelon. You don't want it to be complete yeah. garbage. And then I started seeing more, and I'm just like, like why is Raptor Companion reprinted? Why is Sailor yeah. Means reprinted? Like what's going on with this set? Why are like I'm like I'm like double checking with original Exelon. Like they changed the flavor text on a lot of them too. And it's like, yep. all right, I guess this this is weird. Cool, cool. All right, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not like mad or anything. But yeah. that was my joke one. So my real one actually is a um, uh, aggressive urge. Uh, one in a green instant target is plus one plus one till end of turn, and then that also oh beautiful phrase draw a card. Um, I hate combat tricks. I'm just gonna point that out really quick. Uh, I just, it's just, I just don't like playing combat tricks. I just, it's just not something I want to be doing most of the time. Um, unless it says I can draw a card on it. And in the decks that I tend to play, like when we do pre-releases and draft and stuff, I, all I want to do is be doing like tempo shit and like green blue. And I'm sure this card is actually bad in the format because it's so on rails, but like, I don't know. I like this card. Um, the card was originally from 
excuse me, Invasion. So it's an older card too, and I love it when they reprint older cards. Um, don't like the art of this card though in Ixalan. Yeah, it's not. This art is not exceptional. I mean, I get it. It's okay, but you know. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. But I like the card. Okay. All right, John. What do you got? Uh, mine is kind of weird. Uh, my favorite reprint is Shatter. Yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is aware, but if you go back through the history of Shatter, every single art sucks. There's one that's yeah, there's pretty, one that's okay. Pretty much. Um, most of them are really really bad. I think, or like at least boring. It's like plummet or naturalize most of them kind of suck well there, there's one where like there's a goblin with a big old hammer but it's kind of boring but i like it because there's a goblin on it and then there's the one from um not cold snap what was the other one ice age there's one from ice there age. Was ice age yeah OG. the tin man one yeah the tin man one I'm, i kind of get a kick out of the tin man one but okay this new shatter art is freaking gorgeous the Goblin one was seventh edition, by the way. Yeah. Like this, like this shatter, uh, this new shatter art. It's like it's one of the the vampires' galleons just like exploding, and it's just like the colors of it are glor- like absolutely glorious. Because like you don't realize when you first look at it that this is actually happening in the middle of the day, because there's actually a yeah. bright blue sky going on, but like all their ships are shrouded in dusk. So like you have like the bright waves in the back and the dark waves below and the big red thing going on. Like, you know, it's, I just really, they finally made a good shatter art is basically the moral of my yeah. story. And I'm just happy. Cause it, it looks awesome. The, the, the art on it looks phenomenal. Yeah. So, like yeah. they did not need to put this good of art on this mediocre of a card. Because like shatter is exactly what well, they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Shatter is never going to see play in anything ever. Because there's almost always a better option. Usually, usually there is. I don't know. I have a soft spot for, in my heart for any card that still shows up from Alpha. Yeah. So, like, get seeing Unsummon a couple sets ago or whatever it was, like, just warmed my tiny little heart. I just, I love, I love seeing old school cards, like, like crazy. But so, Shatter gets a gets a nod in my book. But, yeah, I like that, that artist. Is Me too. But okay, big ticket cards, John. So there's a few of them. Um, Blood Sun. We, we already hit him quick. Yeah, Blood Sun. We already talked <laughs> yeah. about. Don't need to go more mm-hmm. into that. Silent Gravestone is another interesting card. Yeah, that's like the um uh, pseudo like ground seal. Thing, isn't it? Yeah, and that's why it's but not crappy. <laughs> yeah, like that's why it's terrifying because of the fact that it's a single colorless mana, and this shuts off like surgical extraction and extirpate mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Means that this could also potentially see play in the sideboard of dredge decks. So yeah. it's really weird. Normally they print all you know they print hate for all the combo decks and all their sets. They're printing like protection for the combo decks to use against the hate in this set. And it's super weird. Yeah, it's really weird. And then, I, I, that, that card's cool. 
Yeah, I mean, it also has like this, you know, the pay four mana exile all cards and all graveyards ability also, which is a semi, you know, it's it's semi. Dude, and then what do you get to do, John? And then what do you get to do? And then you draw a card. Thank you. For the low, low cost card. of five mana, mind you, total. Sign me up, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that that also has potential of seeing yep. play, and then you know, as already mentioned, the Merfolk Lord and the Vampire Lord that are printed. Uh, have the yeah, potential of pushing those tribes into playability. So, all right, all right. The mo- the moment we've all been waiting for. The moment you. I think this is going to be a big disappoint. I think this is going to be a big disappointment to everybody. But favorite card overall in the set. Would you like you want to go first? I would say, would you like me to go first so you can fawn over yours for a longer period of time? Mine's ridiculous, but okay. All right. Mine's not even a good card. <laughs> okay. So mine is Reckless Rage, which is one red instant. Reckless Rage deals four damage to target creature you don't control and two damage to target creature you control. I, this is a clever card. This card, like, I really like, you know, powerful red removal spells. And I mm-hmm. like that this makes you think about stuff, right? Like, because you have to have two legal targets, one on your side, one on their side. Mm-hmm. So and you ideally need to have something that you don't mind dying. So like I or have a, a dinosaur that can take the hit. Yeah, right. Like, like <laughs> I actually think this could possibly maybe see play in constructed just due to like oh wow due to its rate. Its rate is insane. The question yeah. is, do you have something that can survive the two damage? Mm-hmm. So, like, or that you yeah or or can go away. Yeah, but. I mean like one red kill your glory bringer swing in with mine exert kill your other guy. That seems good. Mm. Yeah, seems like, like mediocre, but you know. Yeah, like <laughs> there's a universe where this card actually is playing constructed, and like you know it's I just like the card. I feel like there's a lot of play to this card, and so I'm mm-hmm. I'm interested in it. And once again, yeah, that card is interesting. Yeah, it's that that card's super interesting. Cool. It's one of those cards that it's like you read it and it's like. It has a drawback on it, but in this set with Enrage, that's that's possibly upside in a lot of places. Yeah, like, and that's that's what's super fascinating about it too. It's like kill your dude, get upside, taste it, like, mm. you know, which is it's interesting. Like, I'm pretty sure I play as many of this card as I possibly can in any red death deck I ever <laughs> draft. So, I'd be okay with that. All right, what you got? All right. What is your favorite okay. card in the entire set? I am so excited for this card. It's absurd. Like the fact like when I saw this card, I think I like sent it to you right away and was just like, ah, basically. Like I am so excited for this card. It is Resplendent Griffin. For anyone who's unaware. <laughs> It's been so, a while since we've seen a Griffin. It's been a while. I've been getting I've been getting my Griffin blue balls. Like <laughs> so there hasn't been a Griffin printed in a new set since we started this podcast. Yes. Like so I haven't had a chance to even go absolutely nanners about Griffins. So whatever, resplendent Griffin, one white blue, two two flying ascends when it attacks if you have cities plus any plus plus whatever, I don't care about that. I so when I started playing back in Mirage, the first deck I, I ever like really really built myself was a mono white Griffin tribal deck, and 
it was terrible, but I loved it. And I loved it so much. I mean, even as I kept playing Magic, I, I, I still have that deck that I keep modifying to some degree and keep it keep it on theme with Griffins and everything. And I so I collect Griffins. Like that that's the card that I have collected since I've started playing Magic and stuff like that, basically. Like I try to cut collect a copy of every griffin i can in regular and foil i've got a few that are signed i get some that are altered i've got everything i can get with like i just love griffin cards like that's my thing i collect the last griffin card we got the, the last griffin card i got was uh, battle for zendikar with courier griffin so i haven't had a griffin card printed since battle for zendikar and i have been waiting so long to get another griffin card and it's a brand new one and i am pumped as hell and i'm just excited i'm just so 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 excited to have this card <laughs> like so like morrow everyone so i will talk about how people will complain about cards and be like why the hell would you print this shitty card and he'll be like that card's not for you somebody loves that card and if you ever see a griffin card and you're like this card's terrible i would never play it because a lot of griffins were like that just remember, somebody arms. loves that card. <laughs> I love that card. Hey, they did a functional reprint of um, uh, Sunspire Griffin in this set. Oh, really? Uh, one white, white for a two-three flying. It's a vampire. They did a functional. It's a functional reprint. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So I remember seeing it. And thinking, I, that card's, card's not terrible. No, I remember seeing it and thinking this card's boring. Yeah, it is because it. Yeah, it was a functional Griffin. Functional reprint of a Griffin though. But yeah, so just remember, somebody does love those shitty cards, even though you don't, <laughs> for for reasons that you may not even understand. <laughs> so there, there we are. I got my gush for the moment. I'm I am so pumped for to have another Griffin, a brand new Griffin, finally that I can add to my binder of Griffins. <laughs> you gotta get it in foil, though. I do. I have to get it in foil and regular. I do both. I'll keep an eye out for and, you. Yeah. You you very much should. Because, oh man, I'm so pumped. It's dumb, I know, but I don't even care. All right. So, overall opinion. Uh, overall opinion on the feel of the set. You want me to just get mine out of the way, and then I'm sure we'll di deep dive into yours. But uh, sure. Actually, actually, you know what? All my stuff ties in right with your stuff. So why don't you just go for it? Yeah, that's right. All right. So, uh, as a whole, I feel as if the set is very. It's almost like really EDH focused, if that makes sense. I, I feel like a lot of modern sets have been. It it feels like. Yeah, like they're they're very clearly trying to push the, the interesting stuff slash you know like, tribalish or like you know build a deck around this kind of mm -hmm. stuff kind of thing, which is also yeah. like the thing is like, calling it EDH focused is kind of flawed because that's also how kitchen table magic works. This is true. This is actually very true. So it's like, it's almost like you know they're they're intentionally trying to cater towards those people, which I I can't I can't I can't hate them for it by any stretch, right? Like because you know kitchen table is mm -hmm. literally their meal ticket. <laughs> I mean, it really is. People don't think it is, but like that's that's the money to some degree. Yeah. Um, tribes as a whole, once again, seem very very pushed, but the whole block is like that. You know that so that was one of my major points too is like as soon as i started reading the set i'm like wow i'm like the tribes tribes look pushed in ixalan 
and like reading this set i'm like it just makes him feel even more pushed yeah like i feel if it's just another one of those things where like if you are not playing <laughs> tribes you are even more bone than you already were in limited yeah like my my note on that was going outside that feels like a liability like if you're not playing one of the tribes it feels like you are just at a disadvantage to everyone else yeah that, that's actually one of the big complaints about Exelon limited is the fact that if you're not um if you misread signals and you wind up in the wrong colors it is impossible to switch out of it yeah because like you know the the forced tri the forced need to like you can't draft a tribal synergistic deck if you wasted you know the five good picks of that pack on not yeah. the tribe you're in like you're at a massive yeah. disadvantage as a result and something like merfolk it's like nobody else wants those merfolk cards so if you miss out on those and somebody else starts drafting them like you're just yeah. screwed. you screw yourself over for pack two and then suddenly your deck's a train wreck yeah, and like there's and no, and you can't and you can't salvage it. No, there's no way to <laughs> like salvage you can't it. just like pick up cards. Yeah, that, and that's that's the thing that's so hard. You can't just you can't fix it up. But yeah, like okay, so that's interesting. And also, I'm just gonna point out this is this is a little bit of, a little bit of shade. <laughs> the white uh -huh. primordial or primal, whatever the hell it's called, is the elder most, dragon or or dinosaur. It's the most bullshit boring thing they could have possibly done like, the funny thing is, is i heard from somebody else that they're like this is the coolest card in the set yeah they're wrong and i'm like i i'm like i'm like i knew you would say that they're wrong <laughs> on so many levels like i think the cards the card it's like my griffin man the card just doesn't appeal to you no this is the thing right they did mm -hmm. so with all of the primal dragons, they did something that plays into what that color normally does, right? Like, mm -hmm. red gets to, like, you know, cast the weird shit based off attacking. Blue, like, lets you draw cards, and it's, you know, hard to kill. The, the green one is just this big, massive dude that's cheaper if you have other big, massive dudes. The black one kills shit. White mm -hmm. literally does nothing but keyword soup. White, but this is what, but this is what white does. I know that's what I'm saying though. White as a whole is just boring, <laughs> and this is just like this just plays to that, right? It's like, well, white, okay. white has nothing to its name except keywords. Let's just slap every one of them on this card. Make it. I read that. <laughs> make it absolutely unbeatable and limited. I am so excited to go like. 2-0 and face some douche nozzle who like somehow ramps this thing out on turn five in games one and two against me at the pre-release <laughs> like i read that card and i'm just like oh it's a chroma <laughs> yeah like this card is a chroma plus it's indestructible yeah i would like, be fine with every other yeah. ability on this card except i despise indestructible you know what can kill this card vraska's contempt which is wonderful. Yeah, a rare there's, from the prior set. <laughs> dude, there's there's answers to it though. Um, there's that. There's a um, uh, the uh, pacifism effect in the set. Uh, I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, there's also that uh, unplayable card. Uh, Bla the Blazing Hope, the one white instant exile target creature with power greater than or equal to your life total. Uh, and with this thing, 
And with this thing, that will be relevant super quick. Yeah, because it's going to make your life total zero yeah. pretty damn quick. Uh, oh, I just, Lumin- thought of, I just thought of something really Luminous sweet. Luminous Bonds is the, is the one. I just yeah. thought of something okay. really sweet, actually. All right, so your opponent... All the answers are in white. <laughs> yeah, all of them are in white. Screw this card. You're, so your opponent's, like, beating you to death, right? And they're like, blah, <laughs> swing in. You're only at eight life. And you're like, all right, first strike damage. After first strike damage, exile your giant dinosaur because go F yourself. And they're like, you can do that? I'm like, yeah, dude, I know how the game works. You're garbage. <laughs> this card's going to make you... Like, if you lose this card, you're going to be salty as hell, aren't you? There will probably be a table flying across the room. <laughs> I just... It's like, it's like putting hexproof. Like it's like it's it's Carnage Tyrant. But I've slowly started to teach people that Carnage Tyrant is unplayable garbage. The reason why this card, <laughs> I have never legitimately lost to a Carnage Tyrant. I have lost, like I have lost games with Carnage Tyrant in play on my opponent's side of the field where I would have literally died to anything. I have never uh-huh. lost to a purely because of Carnage Tyrant. The reason why this card is worse than Carnage Tyrant is because of the fact it's indestructible. And it's flying. So, like, you can deal with the Carnage Tyrant by playing literally any combat trick and blocking it, right? You can't deal with this card with with any of those available options. I have a card that can deal with it. Admiral's Orders. Yes, you can (laughs) counterspell it. This is true. Just do it the right way, man. Just don't even don't even let it resolve. Mono blue. Like if I ever see that card, I will never untap from three man three mana. You're just like, nope, we're not even gonna do this. It's like you I'll be dying. I will sit here. I'll then be- they'll play the sec- <laughs> then they'll play the second one in limited. I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be at like three life and being lightning striking of like resolves. <laughs> I am not yeah. tapping out of my counter spell mana. <laughs> yep. Uh water knot. Water not? Oh, that thing. That's true. Like the clock claustrophobia. Yeah, yeah, like there are actual answers. Don't get me wrong, but get, by God, that's just annoying. Yeah, it really is. Like, I know, I know, you just have salt for certain things. Yeah, but certain. I I hate big dumb things. Apparently, except I love big dumb uncastable blue cards. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Actually, that oh, that's in white too. That white black enchantment thing yeah. would be able to do it. But actually, that'd be the rubbins because he'd use that, and then you'd be like, "Lol, cast it." Um, All the gates <laughs> get wrecked. So, dinos still seem pushed. All right, cool. That was a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but you have anything? You have anything else before we wrap it up here, John? So here, here's something that I, I actually I have a question. Okay. All right. This is something I thought of a while ago, and it was... I don't remember what it was in relation to. I think it was something on LR. Um, Okay. What win percentage do you need in the games that you play to feel content? Me? Yes, you. Depends on who I'm playing against. In, In Magic or in all games? In Magic. Yes, actually, in all games, probably. I have a really low threshold, like, low number I would need. Like, if I win, like, every fourth game against you, I'm happy. Uh-huh. Like, if I go 50% with other people, I'm usually happy with, like, 
that stuff with most things, but or with magic at least. But I don't know. All right. I don't know. I I just have a really. I can lose games. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So like, it's it's one of those things. I I tend to like I I get tilty very infrequently. I'm kind of like okay, whatever. Um, there's I mean there's certain things that will piss me off more than anything. I and I don't like losing to myself if that makes sense. Uh huh. Like I don't like you don't like punting games away. Like yeah, like if I mess something up, like that makes me a, a little upset. Like I don't go nanners because that just doesn't help anything but i'll be like i'm like i'm like i could have done this better and i know it was totally my fault mm-hmm. so like that's kind of how that goes but i mean that's something that you've uh you've pointed that up before you know you're like well yeah i played this game but i played poorly and i was you know i think i know things could have gone differently if i hadn't done whatever and all that stuff so yeah, I I like to think that I'm one of those people that is relatively introspective with that stuff because I've because I know I'm not particularly good and I know I make a lot of mistakes and I try to fix those obviously mm-hmm. but and like I feel like that I'm able to recognize them as is helping me actively like you know like even like. I've been playing some games, you know, of magic online or magic. Um, and I'll talk to you afterwards and be like, man, like I, I lost that game because I did this, 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 and this, and I'm sure I could have actually won it if I had done some correct things or at least had a better chance. But yeah, so I don't know. (laughs) That's fair. But, but also being where I am to some degree, uh, the victories I get are much, much sweeter. What do you mean? Because I, f- because I feel like everyone's better than me. Oh. <laughs> and so and so everyone I beat is better than me, and I beat somebody that's better than me. That's fair. Like, it, it's not necessarily actually that, but that's just like a perception to some degree yeah. that I kind of have to some degree. But, yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> that's all? Yeah, that, that was just, you know, I was just curious. Cool. Pretty sure, because LSV was talking, you know, he's like, you know, he basically, his own standards he holds him to is, you know, winning like about 60% of his games, as it were. Yeah, I'm way under that. Obviously, it depends on who he's playing against, stuff like that, but it was was Uh an interesting little, I don't, like, I'm pretty sure I had a lot more nuance to the question that I forgot, because I, you know, I thought of this idea months ago, but. (laughs) Yeah, but, I don't know. It's interesting, but yeah, if you guys want to send us feedback, you can shoot us an email at thelocalmeta at gmail.com. If you want to catch us on Twitter, we are at thelocalmetapc. John, it was a good time. I can't wait for the pre-release. I had fun. I, I didn't expect to get so hot-headed about the prime primal, but you know, that's me. I didn't expect to get excited about a dumb griffin, so <laughs> actually I did, but <laughs> all right, so that's good. So we will catch you next time. See ya. See ya.